What's up guys, welcome to the 30th episode of No One's Ready for Wrestling, where I give my honest thoughts about pro wrestling, and I just share my passion for the for the sport in general. This is your host, the one, <clears throat> let me be like that ricochet, the one and only phoenix that rises from the ashes, the man himself, the master of lightning, in my own world, Shino D. Phoenix. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into the 30th episode of this podcast. <laughs> 30, man. But I mean, it's gonna get it's gonna be a bigger deal when we reach uh, 50. And I'm I don't know what I want to do on my 50th episode. And like this journey has just been really good, man. I'm really happy that this podcast is going out very very well. I'm really happy that you guys are taking the time of your day to listen to this show and just gauge what I have my views on in pro wrestling. And I know your views are different from mine. So if, if there's any new listeners out there, I welcome you to the show and we got to start things off with our little friends at anchor. And you know, we can't start things off with our sponsor anchor because anchor has been the best sponsor of this podcast. And you're going to hear the ad play at the end of the podcast, which is my thing. But you're going to you're going to get it. You're, you're going to know. Um, so what is Anchor? Anchor has been the best place to start your podcasting career. It is really, really easy. And not only that, they distribute your podcast on other platforms. And I honestly I honestly will recommend it to you guys because it, this is the best place to start. And you don't have to be. Um, going crazy with your uh, podcast and make it difficult. This is really easy for you. And not only that, they distribute your podcast on other listening platforms like iTunes, um, Stitcher, Spotify, and many others. And I would say take a chance on that. It's really worth it. Sign up. Go to anchor.fm slash start. It is 100% free and it's very, very easy to use. I know I've been leaving them out for a while, but I want to talk about Redbubble for a second because I do have merch. I do have a shirt for my podcast, No One's Ready for Wrestling. I'm working on trying to get a new design for uh, for the show. So, like, go to redbubble.com. Just type in No One's Ready for Wrestling. You're going to see the coffee mug first, but we got they got other products available if you want a shirt. So, I want to give them a shout out right there. I also want to shout out my guys at Wildcat. Um, let me make this let me make this clear, guys. For those who are trying to go, we only got 20 VIP seats left. 20. And they're going like a snap of a finger. We're only two months away for their big event, Revolution Rumble. And not only that, October on October 12th, I'm planning and most definitely going to Ring of Honor, which I will talk about later on. So if you want to support Wildcat, go to their site, buy their tickets, and see what we're all about. And if you're VIP, if you're VIP, I would highly recommend getting VIP because you get to meet wrestlers for free. You get one picture per appearance, and that's it. And I, I'm telling you right now, it's really worth it. I spent like $40 to get second row seats, just to let you know. <laughs> but it was worth it. Like I said, as soon as they, as soon as I saw the people I want to see, immediate buy, and that's it. But anyway, 
You guys know the drill. Follow me on Twitter, Phoenix. I do live tweet for Raw, SmackDown, um, NXT, other platforms that I... Other promotions that I could watch, like AEW and New Japan. And I've, I I want to get into Ring of Honor, but I, I just don't know, man. I don't know. And you'll see me rarely tweet about Impact. So... <laughs> That's another thing I want to let you guys know. And we got news coming out of Impact Wrestling. Um, follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. And just to let you know, and about, well, I'm going to post this on Saturday as I'm recording this on Friday the 13th. Spooky. Ooh. <laughs> on Friday the 13th, I'm going to be posting this on Saturday. Um... Because on that day, I only got 10 days till my birthday. I'm going to turn 26 this month. So, I don't know what I really want to do for my birthday. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about wrestling. And I know you guys are ready for this. And I want to talk about uh, Being the Elite, the latest episode. I fucking enjoy these shows. I really do. And one of the big talking points in this this, uh, entire show, they revealed that the next show for uh, AEW's TNT will take place in Nashville, Tennessee, which was revealed by JR himself. Then we get the best part, the BT mailbag, and my goodness, man, Kenny Omega, he looks like he's going off the deep end. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Okada with uh, balloons when he lost the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which I see a really nice similarity here. But poor, poor Kenny. Poor Kenny. And sorry to Mr. Omega, but you're not going to beat Mr. Moxley. You're not going to beat John Moxley at full gear. Sorry. Also, we had a nice funny moment of Luchasaurus. When he talked about Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> I that you guys watch it. Oh my goodness! On that BT mail segment, that 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 kills me. It still kills me. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my goodness! Let's let's move on with this before I go talk laughing my ass off about it. Um, I did watch uh the road to AEW on TNT, the second episode. We got a really really nice promo from Sammy Guevara. And I'm like a broken record when I say it. If you're not watching the Road 2 series, you're missing out on a lot of great things. We had we even had a sit-down interview with uh, Tony Schiavone, and he's doing a control center. Um, he even highlighted the spew between Bea Priestley and Britt Baker. And there was the ending which really got me when Cody asked him if he would sit down with JR and do and call matches. And... Tony's like, you're the boss. And he's and Cody was winking at the camera. I'm like, oh, let's get it. Let's get it. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I think that would be great. And speaking of AEW, they're going to be planning on filming additional content. Now, PW Insider, they reported that AEW will be taping uh, additional content during the, their upcoming television tapings. The extra content could be potential, and this is, quote, potentially for Bleacher Report Live, unquote. But, um, I mean, I'm glad they're continuing being the elite. I think that would be nice. And 
Like, I don't know what they might do. Either they might do sit-down interviews on Bleacher Report live for free. They might do... Um, I mean, I know they're going to be doing pay-per-views on Bleacher Report Live, but uh, there's so many ideas I'm thinking about right now. But, like, either sit-down interviews, the stats, all that other stuff. I I think that's what they might do. Now, Mercedes Martinez, she made an appearance at All Out, which was a really nice surprise. I didn't expect it. And to be quite honest, to be really honest, I was hoping for Lufisto. Wink, wink. But what is her status with AEW after appearing at All Out? Well, Mike Johnson was asked about Mercedes Martinez and her contract, and according to him on PW Insider Elite Audio, he pointed out that she was only bought in to do one show, but you never know what can happen down the line. He said, and I quote, Mercedes Martinez just worked for AEW. I have not heard that she was signed. You would think that WWE would want her. Maybe they will. We'll just have to wait and see if AEW and WWE might both be eyeing Martinez to come in. There seems to be a bit in war for certain stars at this point. It will be interesting to see who gains a lot of interest. Now, let me say this. It will not surprise me. It will not surprise me if WWE sees Mercedes Martinez and they're like, we got to sign her ASAP and have her be a part of the uh, NXT women's division. But, I mean, I think she just wants to be a freelancer. She could do anything she wants. I mean, she worked Shimmer. She worked Shine. She worked a match here and there in NXT. She was a part of the Mayon Classic two times. And if there's a third one, most definitely three times. She would be the only woman to be in the Mayon Classic three times. And my boy Luke Hawks, even throughout the idea for Wildcat, and for those who don't know who are new here, let me just give you the heads up. Heads up on what Wildcat is. It is our promotion down here in Louisiana in in Metairie, which is now moved to Kenner and is one of the biggest uh, wrestling promotions down here in Louisiana. One of the biggest local wrestling promotions down here in Louisiana. And we got big names um, making appearances. And that's where I met Brian Cage. Wink, wink. But... He, Luke Hawks, who is my friend in real life, he even teased uh, Mercedes Martinez making an appearance at Wildcat, taking on the undefeated Ruby Rays here at Wildcat, which I would most definitely pay money to see. And most definitely, I want to see my girl Mercedes Martinez in person. And, like, it's up to her if she really wants to um, do stuff with um, AEW and put on matches with the newer women to get people's interest in. Because people know who Mercedes Martinez is. She's really awesome. And we don't know if they, they might be eyeing on other women that were in that battle royal, like Priscilla Kelly, like Eva Lise, and many others. But I think I it's up to Mercedes Martinez. That's all I'm going to say on that. It's up to Mercedes herself. If she wants to go to AEW, let her go to AEW. But it's not going to surprise me whatsoever if WWE signs this woman and keeps her from going to AEW. Because you know how petty this, you know how petty Vince McMahon is. He wants to keep talent for himself and not use them. But while in NXT, NXT, they make you a star. They make you a star right there. And that's me being honest. Absolute honesty coming out of my mouth. 
I did watch the Super J J Cup, and despite knowing the outcome after, despite knowing the winner at Royal Quest, because they had they had to give it away. So before I give you the match recommendation, my best advice to you guys is to watch the Super J Cup tournament first, and then watch the Royal Quest show on New Japan World. Makes it easier for yourself. But I want to give the match recommendation for you guys. Um, I did watch Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. And holy shit, that match was absolutely fantastic. Just absolutely fantastic. I can't like I, I can't put it in words. Like I could go over details time and time again about that match, but I, I think it's better if you guys watch it instead of me explaining how it is. But I'm telling you right now, this was awesome. I'm not giving away the uh, the outcome here. It's better if you know. Well, I sadly I'm gonna have to because I know there's another match involving Will Osprey three like two more times. There's Will Osprey versus Show, and there's ELPL Fantasmo versus uh, Will Osprey, which I which like I say. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And also, there's ELP versus Dragon Kid. I would recommend that as well. So, take your time. Watch the Super J Cup. It's really, really awesome. It's really awesome. And I honestly think that... I honestly think... Despite me knowing who, who was going to win this match... After watching Royal Quest... I thought... I thought, overall, it was really good. It was really good, but I wish they could have done it in a different light. It's, that's just me, okay? That's just me being honest. And I speaking of New Japan, I read on uh, Cage Size Seats, like on the Rumor Roundups portion, like I'm going to go into that right now because they mentioned something about, um, they mentioned something about um, what's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom next year. So, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, it's mentioned that Kazuchika Okada and Kota Ibushi is the plan for the Tokyo Dome show next year, and the winner would face the IC champion, whether it's Jay White or Tetsuya Naito, most likely is going to be Tetsuya Naito. We might be on the verge of seeing... We might be on the verge of seeing double champ Naito or double champ Ibushi. I'll let you decide on that. But, I and like I said, this is an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And I can't wait to see what New Japan has in store for us. Impact Wrestling has found a new home as they have confirmed that they will be now part of Access TV. Um, Impact Wrestling made the announcement official. Impact uh, will begin airing on on Access on uh, October 20th. And they will also remain on Twitch. That was my big question. I thought, are they going to still be on Twitch or not? But... Now they're still going to remain on Twitch. They said, this is what the announcement said, immediately following Impact Wrestling's biggest pay-per-view event of the year, Bound for Glory, which takes place on October 20th in Chicago, in the Chicago area, Impact will begin airing weekly on Access TV. The program will continue in simulcast globally on Impact Wrestling's official Twitch channel. Now, Scott Demore he tweeted out that today's a very good day. Now Impact's ready to do some big things. So, congratulations to them. Congratulations to them. But, I mean, it's way better than going on Pursuit, just saying. Let's just all be in an agreement with that. It's way better than Pursuit. Like, can you find anything on Pursuit? 
Not in my eyes. But we'll, But congratulations to them. I'm really glad for them. And they got a new home on Access TV. Speaking of Impact, Impact wrestlers upset at company over Killer Cross's situation. Hey, um, guys at Impact, let me um knock, knock, knock on your door. Um, can you just let this guy out of his contract? <clears throat> now, if you've never heard the story, Killer Cross has yet to receive his release from Impact Wrestling, but it's not for lack of trying. Impact Wrestling offered a deal with Killer Cross, but it was for forty thousand dollars. The schedule was limited, but it wasn't. What Cross wanted at all. Killer Cross was involved in the first blood match at Slammiversary, but he did not blade during his loss. It was reported that Impact Wrestling wasn't very happy about this either, and he had heat for not blading, and I talked about it on the last episode of the podcast. Let's see, the company held a television taping in Toronto while Killer Cross was in the city with his family, but but they did not book him. Then they went to Killer Cross's actual city and... Of residence Las Vegas, but they did not book him on those television tapings either. And if you aren't aware, they did a chant of free kill across in the crowd during the taping. So it's guaranteed that's going to be edited out. Um, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, they reported that a lot of wrestlers from Impact Wrestling were unhappy with this situation. Killer Cross is well-liked and they wanted to speak to Ed Nordholm, but he wasn't at the tapings. Um, this entire situation has caused even more heat with Impact Wrestling Management. Now, Meltzer said, and I quote, <clears throat> A lot of talent isn't happy because um, Cross is very popular. And enough that some talent wanted to go to Ed Norholm about it, but Norholm was, wasn't at the tapings. Those in charge were upset at Cross with the... B- with the belief all the negative stories came from him about the situation and there are disbargement clauses in the contract. Now, at this point, we can only hope that Impact Wrestling releases Killer Cross. I mean, that's all you got to do is just a snap of a finger. But I know it's not... I know it's not that hard for most people to get out of their contracts, but look, the dude wants out, let him out, please. And, um... Like they at this point, we can only hope that Impact Wrestling releases Killer Cross like they did his girlfriend Scarlett Bordeaux, and she recently attended a WWE tryout. We don't know if she's going to be signed with WWE. It's a wait and see approach. Uh, after her Impact Wrestling release, it's not clear if Killer Cross would go to WWE, New Japan, AEW, or any number of places. But he can't really get the ball rolling up until uh, Impact Wrestling lets him go. Now, I, I'm still going to stand by this. I think they should let this guy out. But, I mean, this is, but at the same time, this is what, um, this is what Killer Cross gets, right? If, for signing another deal with Impact, right? I mean, technically, it's kind of his fault, but I know he's a nice guy. I've heard many people say he's a nice guy. But, man. I think Impact is just making themselves look like idiots for this. And they have a great roster, may I remind you. But doing stuff like that, and I just don't understand. Just let the guy out. He's been teasing going to AEW. Like, this, he's been teasing that. He's been, like, you see him in AAA. And I just, I just don't think WWE... 
well, I'm about to say WWE. Like, I mean, I could see him in WWE because, but I, I honestly think he would benefit more if he works with a New Japan, like, joining. I can imagine him and Suzuki Gun. That would be nice. Or Bullet Club, just throwing it out there. Better yet, better yet, I could see him with AEW and being on a legit roster that actually gives a damn. But, like, and to get the respect that he deserves. But, I mean, you can't please anybody, right? We'll just have to wait and see. But, I know this is infuriating the management and impact wrestling, but you got, like, if you're gonna, you gotta let this guy go. You got to let this guy go because you're gonna be hearing more of those chants during the next set of tapings. Just let him go. That's how you're gonna avoid this. Let him go. That's it. Speaking of Impact, Impact Wrestling rumored to buy Ring of Honor. Now, I, this is a rumor. Take this with a teeny weeny pinch of salt. Now, there's a re- now I'm reading this from What Culture, so there's a reason we they have capitalized rumor in the title. Consider it an exercise in back covering for the source behind this story. A self-professed insider has a less than stellar track record of predicting the future. Reddit user KingGeorgia95, who claimed to have worked for Impact Wrestling for a few years before leaving in 2016, reported last year that Impact wants nothing to do with Michael Elgin, who debuted this year. Just saying. They also wrote last year that Impact were attempting to renew their relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, with constant talks having taken place. This was revealed to be BS of the most hilarious order of a couple of months back, New Japan told Davey Boy Smith Jr. that he was unable to take dates with Impact because of fucking Jeff Jarrett. New Japan officials don't even know who it, who is in charge to negotiate with. Regardless, it's a slow news day, and since Reddit moderators did once describe the user as having sources that seem to check out for the most part, here's, here's their scoop. Impact Wrestling's parent company, Anthem, is quote-unquote, end talks to purchase Ring of Honor. They expect Anthem to fold Ring of Honor completely and absorb its entire library into the Impact Plus app. This is where the BS detector are are set off. Is this premature? Wouldn't a worked in a promotional war make a decent amount of money than opposed to a very nearly fuck-all? Then again, it is Impact, so who the hell knows? Now, now, yes, I understand Ring of Honor has lost a lot of entrance after the Bucks left, after Cody left, and Hangman Page left, and Kenny Omega as well, because he usually makes appearances in Ring of Honor. And they lost that interest when um, those names I mentioned are now a part of a new promotion called AEW. So, honestly... Honestly, like, like I'm taking this with a grain of salt. I'm not buying into this. I'm really not. But it's just, I mean, what else can you do with Ring of Honor? There's nothing else for them to do. I mean, their interest, like I said, their interest rate has literally declined. And I've seen on Twitter that, like, I saw a post, like, I saw a tweet on Twitter. Someone said, what wrestling promotion you gave up on? The majority I saw was Ring of Honor. The majority I saw was Ring of Honor. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because 
the names I mentioned left and now they're doing bigger things or it's just something of a something else. I don't know what it is, but an impact ring of honor working together would be nice. I think that would be a great move. Now, speaking of ring of honor, um, they got a new member for their women of honors division. Um, is being reported from PW insider that session moth, moth Martina has signed a full-time deal with ring of honor and will be appearing regularly for the company company very shortly. And of course she confirmed it herself on Instagram, which I saw a few minutes ago. Um, her deal will allow her to continue to work for stardom in Japan and other independent dates in Europe. Now she's a former ICW women's champion. She's held over the top wrestling women's championship as well as the OTT gender neutral championship. And we did see her at the PC at the, for uh, WWE UK, for NXT UK, and they were in pursuit of trying to get more women on the show. And it would have been interesting to see what she would have done on NXT UK, but she turned it down, and she's a part of Ring of Honor. But on the bright side, since I'm going to Glory by Honor, it would be nice to see uh, Session Moth Martina live in person yet again. Because I've seen her in Beyond Wrestling live during WrestleMania week last year where she teamed up with Orange Cassidy to take on Joey Janela and Penelope Ford. Huh. Now that I think about it, I got to witness three future AEW stars <laughs> competing live. <laughs> Interesting. I've seen a lot of them live anyway. But this is a good signing. I think she's going to do good. Even though the Women of Honor have been pretty stagnant as of late. But I think... She- I think she could add a little uh, intrigue to that uh, division, which which is desperately needed. Now we move on to the WWE. Let's move on to some news right here. Um, WWE actively trying to push new superstars. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is so funny, I could almost die. Now, I'm in that vote of, I won't believe it until I see it, but, I, like, this is laughable. I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but let's just believe it for now. Now, WWE has a lot of options right now. With the draft coming up next month, they could shuffle up a roster in the, the roster in a big way, but new superstars are emerging as names to watch as well. Uh, Dave Meltzer brought up the WWE's current direction during Wrestling Observer Radio. He said that the company is actively trying... To push new stars, especially with the new executive director around. Uh, he said, and I quote, the mentality is really strong with pushing new people right now. You know, with the g- new general managers, so to speak, with as much leeway as they have. Unquote. WWE programs have featured new people getting pushes from Cedric Alexander to Buddy Murphy. It's nice to see WWE's going. It's nice to see WWE giving opportunities to fresh Fresh superstars, but we'll just have to see how far those pushes will go. Now, it's not that they should try. They have to push new superstars because you're relying on the same people over and over and over again, which leads to overexposure. Like, I want to see new faces. I want to see other people get opportunities instead of sitting in catering doing nothing. Like, you can't just have them sit in the back and do nothing all these times. You shouldn't be trying. You, 
Like, don't try. You have to make new stars. You signed them for a reason. Don't waste them away. That's all I'm going to say right there. Don't try. Just, like, seriously, just. You have to make new superstars. Because everybody, like, you got to get the people who don't know these guys, show them what they're all about. Character-wise, promo-wise, and in-ring-wise. That's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it right there. And now, I'm asking myself, where, oh, where has Rusev gone? Oh, where, oh, where can he be? Well, apparently, Rusev has been taking acting classes. And all I can say is this this is um really good for Rusev. And maybe this would be his second calling if WWE's not for him anymore. Because he hasn't been featured uh, since... WrestleMania, when he teamed with, um, I think he teamed with Nakamura for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. That was the last time I remember seeing, uh, Rusev with Lana. And we got some injury news, some updates. We got Fightful Select. They reported that Tamina is good to go after everything seemed to have healed up. Um, they said Tamina has been medically cleared after being sidelined with a concussion for quite some time. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Tamina went out of action shortly after her tag team partner Nia Jax was taken out of action. Jax needed double knee surgery, but she's also healing up quickly and expected back in early 2020. Even though there were talks that she might be leaving WWE, I'm not saying there's reports going on right there, but like I think I did hear talks that Nia Jax deleted anything mentioning WWE and... We don't know where that goes. It's probably just a troll or something. I don't know. But if we see her back in early 2020 for the Royal Rumble, I think that would be the case. But Tamina, I don't know what she's going to add to the women's division. But I just don't know, man. I honestly don't know. And not only that, I I mean, what can she add? And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just asking. Yes, she could add uh, new, uh, like she could bring some uh, something in the women's division. That's all I could say, something, but I don't know what. We'll just have to wait and see. That's the only thing I'll say about that. And speaking of injuries, we have multiple WWE superstars listed with new injuries. Fightful Select, they reported that both Carmella and Samoa Joe are listed as injured on the backstage list, it was noted that new injury return dates should be listed, but there isn't anything written. It was also reported that both EC3 and Heath Slater were, were listed as injured, but both were also supposed to undergo evaluation on Monday. Both of them have checked out and are okay. So, and speaking of EC3, speaking of EC3, now, he was... Apparently, now Fightful, they continued on. They said EC3 was banged up after taking some sloppy body slams from Titus O'Neil. Now, he got checked up this on Monday, and he was given a clean bill of health, but it's still not a good look for Titus's body slam. They, they said, and I quote, EC3 was, not, was banged up in a match with Titus O'Neil due to some bo sloppy body slams, but it is said to be fine now. So, 
thankfully he's not injured and uh hopefully he's um <clears throat> hopefully he's back 100%. Now, speaking of more injury reports, we had Drew McIntyre. He if you were asking where was Drew McIntyre, well, he underwent he went surgery. He went through the knife. Now, the Wrestling Observer newsletter, they reported that McIntyre was sick for a few weeks and tried to keep things private. Things plan that plan didn't work out as he ho- he had hoped and his sickness did not go away. It's reported that McIntyre could barely get out of bed on the morning of morning he had the King of the Ring match with Ricochet. So he so they had him perform while he was sick. Drew McIntyre hoped he had the flu and could work through the through his issues. Then he saw a doctor who diagnosed him and ordered him to get surgery three hours later. It was noted, it was not noted what affection, what affliction uh, Drew McIntyre was suffering from. It was reported that McIntyre should be ready to return very soon. Hopefully, he's all better and feeling much more capable of carrying on with whatever WWE throws at him. And all I can say is, I just hope. Um, I just hope he's doing okay, and he's really needed. He really is. It's just not um, the same without uh, Drew McIntyre. I don't know what it is. And hopefully he gets well soon. Now, Elias, he was supposed to compete in on SmackDown at Madison Square Garden against Chad Gable in the King of the Ring semifinals, but he suffered an injury as well, and he had to get pulled. Now, John Pollock, at Post Wrestling, he reported that Elias was injured, but he did not clarify where the injury was. He did note that it is suspected that he broke something. I was watching JD from New York talk about this, and he mentioned that, um, he mentioned that, um, Elias might have broken his ankle, uh, we don't know. I think that might be the case, but hopefully he gets well soon. And you know, I don't like hearing wrestlers getting injured, but hopefully he gets well really, really soon. Something that I really, really hope WWE does, and I think this might be the case for this new era of WWE now that they're going to Fox and US, and now USA is going to be doing their thing and Renee Young possibly doing something with Fox. Um, WWE might be bringing back a two-man commentary team. And a nice little round of applause right there. Because that's something that I want to see. Because usually I'm not a fan of the three-man booth. Only if it's done right. <coughs> NXT. <laughs> AEW. <laughs> Sorry, did, um, did I catch something? Did I catch something? Must be something. I don't know. But, <clears throat> WWE has two new television deals starting next month and another one with NXT on the USA Network starting in in a couple of days, actually. This should bring some huge changes across the board. WrestleVotes reports that um, the changes to uh, commentary are going to be... are going to alter in a big way, and this will also impact Raw. As it turns out, fans could see a real return... Of a two-man commentary booth. As so many have asked for. They said on Twitter and I quote. Um, Hearing that significant changes are coming to the commentary teams. Once the Smackdown. Once 
The SmackDown move to Fox happens in a few weeks. All shows will be impacted, including Raw. A source has said the return of a two-man booth is coming. And like I said, I know Fox was really high on Renee Young, so they might use her for something, and that's why she's going to get pulled from commentary. Now, the question is, who's going to be in it? Now, Russell Votes, they continued um, that um, Michael Cole is set to arrive on SmackDown with Corey Graves with Vic Joseph getting the big promotion to uh, Monday Night Raw. They said, the plan as of now for the new announced teams includes Michael Cole heading to SmackDown on Fox. I'm also told Vic Joseph is set to become the lead man on Monday Night Raw, not set in stone as nothing is with WWE, but this is their working idea. And you know what? This... I, I I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. I think this is a... Like, Vic Joseph on Raw, he did a really good job uh, replacing... I don't know. I think it was Corey Graves or... No, he w- he replaced Jerry the King Waller, and he did a really, really good job. And I, I think he could be the big... If he's not handcuffed by <laughs> Vince McMahon and telling him what he has to say and do, I think this would be great. Now, I did hear... Now, I'm no journalist. I did hear, like I saw on Twitter, like it was going to be on the Raw side. It was going to be Vic Joseph and Tom Phillips. And on SmackDown, it's going to be Michael Cole and Corey Graves. That's the two that we're going to see. And let's see how it plays out. And you know, I like the two-man booth. It's way better than having someone bicker, having a third one being a bickering one. So let's hope that they uh, play it well here. That's all I hope for. I think they're going to play it well if they do it like they got to play their cards right. Um, Moving along, WWE, they hired um, a former Impact Wrestling announcer. Um, It's revealed that Mackenzie Mitchell, who is a former Impact Wrestling announcer, um, she they hired her and she announced that she's now with the company on social media saying dreams. Come true, your newest WWE on-air host. So, congratulations to her. Can't wait to see what she does. And they hired another on-air personality from Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore promotion, Matt Camp. And he confirmed on social media that he is now with WWE and will be appearing in digital media. So, con- so congratulations to him. I think he's... I think, you know, it's, like, it's really nice to see new people. And I hope... They do a really good job with these guys. I hope they do a really good job with these guys. Sasha Banks. Good old Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was recently on the WFNZ FNZ Sports Radio. <clears throat> and she they asked ab- about her hiatus from the company. Now, she explained that she's been wrestling for seven years now and she needed to step back and re-evaluate her life. It also sounds like she has some other personal matters to address to. So this is what Sasha Banks said. Because, like, we all thought that she was going to leave WWE. And that would have been a huge, huge blow for the women's division. But this is what she said. I've been doing this for seven years straight. Uh, no break. People need to step back and reevaluate their lives and take care of their souls and minds. And I'm back. I'm better than ever, and I got myself a championship match on Sunday, so I think I did quite well for myself. 
Now, now that Sasha Banks is back, she was immediately placed in a very high position on the card. So, Clash of Champions, which we will do our predict, which we will do my predictions at the end of the podcast, um, <clears throat> will be a huge night for the boss as she goes one on one against Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Title. Now, I and like I thought, like I said, I thought she was gonna be going to AEW. That's what our first mindset was, but. The body needs to heal. You've been touring. You've been putting your body through hell in that ring. And there are times you need to rest. Like, look at Finn Balor. He requested time off, and he, he won't come back until November. And maybe he's going to move like this. He's going to move to Monday Night Raw. He's going to join the OC. And they're going to be um, <clears throat> draped with gold. And if you want... If you want to do a war games for takeover, a special attraction match, undisputed era with their titles and the OC with their titles, and you let them go out there, not handcuffed, and you let them tear that fucking house down. That would be my idea. But like I said, the body needs healing. I mean, people have been doing this for a long time, and there are times that they need to let let it. Re- they need to take a break. So. I think this is a smart move for Sasha, and uh, hopefully, hopefully she's booked way better than she has been for the past like four years. Just throwing it out there, since she arrived on the main roster. Now, there was this report from Dave Meltzer that um, WWE and AEW might have to stay out of California if they want to continue considering their wrestlers as independent contractors. Um. That doesn't seem to be the case at all. It's come to the legislation to light that this legislation will only affect companies that are based in states that adopt this policy into law. This also means that unless Connecticut and Florida adopt this into law, it won't change anything about WWE or AEW respectively. One fan named Matt McGowan, I don't know if I pronounced his last name right, I apologize, was quite vocal about it. About it, and you can check out everything he had to say about the subject, including the following. And this is what he said <clears throat> He said, I know I often sound like an asshole complaining about some, some of the things Dave Meltzer reports on, but things like this, but things like today with California Bill AB 5 are the type of things that make me wonder about his reporting and other things. He's reported that this law. Um, will greatly affect pro wrestling just to show that I do in fact read about read what I, I'm complaining about and he took the snippet, snippet of the May Observer and he said this is just wrong two seconds of checking with an employment lawyer a thing reporters do when reporting on laws affecting employment statuses and this could be explained to him in simplistic terms, this law applies to California-based companies and California-based employees for work done in California or employment contracts made in California. This is not WWE. This is not AEW. This is not the UFC. Let's see. And he continues on. One of those companies running a show in California does not transform one of their contracted performers into an, an employee. They will still be independent contractors, so it it would take um 
It would take two seconds of check-in to determine this. Why did Dave Meltzer report this in May? Then further tweet about it as it as a major issue for WWE today. It's because he didn't do the proper legwork and got it wrong. And if he gets something this easy to have explained wrong, what else does he get wrong via not checking out properly? That's my concern with his status as a permanent ju- preeminent journalist in wrestling. I've tagged him and this not to be a dick, but to be direct about these companies. And this is what he said. Whew. But that was a rumor that was going around. So that has been pretty squashed right there. So I read that entire thing to you. So you don't have to shit on Meltzer on that. But I mean, he fucked up. That's all I could say. He fucked up. And Vince McMahon is fucked out of his mind if he is fucked in the head if he doesn't think this guy, if he doesn't see anything in a current WWE superstar. Now, Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, he noted that Vince McMahon doesn't see anything in Harper. And it seems that WWE's keeping Luke under contract but not using him. Then you're wasting money by keeping this guy on contract. You're... Not doing anything when the guy just wants out of WWE. He hasn't been seen since. Like, I I don't understand. Like, the only reason they're not letting him go is because they know for a fact he's going to succeed elsewhere. Whether it's an Impact, whether it's a Ring of Honor, I'm throwing him in that category. Whether it's a New Japan or an AEW or any other independent promotions that are really on that boom phase. Because if he goes to AEW, he's going to be a bigger star than he's ever been in WWE. I'm telling you right now. If he goes to New Japan, he's going to be a bigger star in WWE. He's going to be a bigger star wherever he goes. And that's why WWE is holding him hostage. He's like a prisoner. And if Vince McMahon doesn't see anything in him at all, why the fuck do you have him? Seriously. It's shit like that that pisses me off. It really does. Why the fuck? Do you have this guy and you don't utilize him? Like, it's shit like that I don't understand. Like, seriously, it's shit like that I don't understand. Like, you don't see nothing in someone. Why do you have them on your roster? Why do you have them on your main roster? How about you just send them back to NXT? That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Hit that reset button. Like, Vince is just doing this because he doesn't want him to leave. He doesn't, he's holding him back because he doesn't want him to leave and go to AEW just to be proven wrong like he did with with Sean Spears and John Moxley and Chris Jericho. He doesn't want those names, like he doesn't want to uh, have another WWE guy, which we've seen a lot of WWE guys make it to AEW, just, just saying. WWE, like, Vince McMahon, I I swear to everything, Vince McMahon is an idiot. He's an idiot. I I don't see, if you don't see nothing in, um, like, I'm I'm really serious about this. If you don't see nothing in Luke Harper, who I know is a great talent, you, you might as well just let the fucker walk. Let the guy walk. Let, just let him out of his contract. Stop holding people back because you're too damn afraid to have him go somewhere else where he could thrive. Seriously, it's 
Shit like that I don't like. Like, that's why they're holding back on the revival, which I'm hearing, which I know for a fact that they're not going to re-sign with WWE. If they're, if Scott Dawson is constantly teasing about him going to AEW. And, and speaking of that, let me just get on with that right now. Now, um, <clears throat> now a question they recently posted on, uh, for the, uh, AEW fans on who they were asked, which tag team they would like to see compete in the new promotion. And Sean Spears said the revival. And you had Dawson do this this um, little emoji like questioning like, hmm, should we go? And at this point, I want them to go to AEW. I really do. And honestly, I think this um, last ditch effort that they're doing with, uh, with um, Scott and Dash pairing with Randy Orton, which I absolutely like is a last-ditch effort to keep them from going somewhere like AEW where tag team wrestling will thrive. And if they go to AEW, that's WWE's loss. And Vince will see how they're succeeding and be like, well, uh, what am I doing wrong? How, why are they success right here when we made them successful? Like, we gave them two time, We made them a two-time Raw Tag Team Champions. But you booked them like shit twice. When they were a big deal on NXT. The more I talk about this, the more um, the more I'm going to waste my hours just saying what I got to say. Moving on, Paul Heyman reportedly wants to slow push WWE Superstar to the top. And he's very high on Cedric Alexander, which, look, I like Cedric Alexander. The dude is absolutely talented. And I got to say, Paul Heyman has a great taste in talent. Like, most of the time. <laughs> but, hey, uh, Paul, Paul Heyman, if, if you're listening, can you please lobby Vince McMahon to push Asuka and Kyrie Sane because they're too talented to be sitting in the back doing nothing and make them into legit stars? Or, like, give them the heads up on how great they could be? Or, Eric Bischoff, can you um remind Vince of the time you bought Mako Satomura in and why she was a big deal now? And tell them, tell Vince why Oscar and Kyrie are important to the women's division instead of being afterthoughts, misused, underutilized. Just, just, just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Now, the Wrestling Observer newsletter they reported that Paul Heyman is looking to give Cedric Alexander a slow push, a quote-unquote slow push. This not not result in a United States title win at Clash of Champions, but it's said that the plan is for Cedric Alexander to eventually be a top of the roster. He said, and I quote, now AJ Styles defends the U.S. title against Cedric Alexander with Alexander being a one of one of the wrestlers Paul Heyman wants to give a slow push to the top run. Unquote. Um, it will be interesting to see Cedric Alexander get some kind of push to see how it goes, it, how it works out. He has impressed a lot of fans so far after landing from 205 Live. Let's just see how far a push from Paul Heyman will take him. And hopefully, I think they. I hope they do well with him. I honestly hope that they do uh, well with uh, Cedric Alexander. I, I see him being a big name, upper mid card, um, main event player. I mean, he's a big deal. So why not? I think that would be a really great idea. Now that you think about it, Monday Night Raw was live in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, 
29 votes in the Phoenix poll. He had 55% thumbs up, 21% in the middle, 10% thumbs down, 14% didn't watch. So you guys thought it was a really good show. Now, I didn't watch it live on Monday because I had to work a Saints game. And let me tell you, let me tell you right here on this podcast, to anyone who's listening, that game almost gave me a heart attack. I shit you not. But... Speaking of Monday Night Raw, the ratings went down big. Even with Steve Austin was even when Steve Austin was there, the ratings went down. And if you think about it, they really didn't do anything to get you excited for Clash of Champions because this was the go home show. But I managed to watch the show uh before SmackDown came on and the show started with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nothing gets you excited when you hear that glass shatter and you hear his theme music play. And I, I still can say that Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of the greatest of all time. So he talks about his uh, his time, his career, and um, he starts this, he hosts the contract sign and he mediates the contract signing between current tag team champions, then... Current tag team champions and uh, rivals, I guess I should say, between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, and they just did that lay a can of whoop ass, blah blah blah. I'm usually not a fan of contract signings because they haven't been done right on the main roster. You want a contract like I'm, I'm tired of using this example again. You want a contract signing done right? Look. At the NX, look how NXT did the tag titles between the Street Profits and the Undisputed Era. And I'm sitting here like, this is how you do a contract signing. Let them be intense. There's no brawl here and there, but that's all I can say right here. But OC came out. AJ Styles was talking shit to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Crowd was calling AJ an asshole. And surprisingly, they didn't bleep out asshole. <laughs> Looks like they're trying to go in this new direction, I guess. But um, all this led to was the Good Brothers getting laid out, and not it. It warms my heart. I love seeing Stone Cold hitting that stunner. It is a thing of beauty. It really is. And the way AJ sold it, it was absolutely nice. But this, like Steve Austin's appearance, really overshadowed the Universal Title and. Which leads us to our match between Styles and Cedric Alexander, which was really good. It was really good until the until the Good Brothers got involved, making it a disqualification. So Cedric won via DQ. Um, he won via DQ, and post match, the OC they attacked Cedric, but the War Raiders who got some nice pops, who got a nice pop, um, made the save and. Ran OC out of the ring. But uh, moving right along, we had the Battle of the Four Horsewomen. Well, technically not a Battle of the Four Horsewomen. You got Charlotte Charlotte and Becky teaming up against Bailey and Sasha Banks. Now, Bailey, when Bailey came out, I don't know what it is, but she did not get a single reaction, and that is troubling right there. Because we don't know what Bailey is. Like, I don't know if Bailey's a heel or a face. And and it's like, at this point, I'm like, 
she has to drop the title. You got to hit the reset button. And I'll mention it again when I do my uh, predictions. But, I mean, you can't please anybody. Now, this this match I thought was really, it was okay. I wouldn't say it was good, but it did get a slice increase. And if there's one thing I want to take away, Charlotte needs to stop doing the moonsault. I know she's genetically superior, but my God, man, that moonsault was fucking terrible. It's terrible. She overshoots it. Like, if you want to have a moonsault done right in the women's division, look at Io Shirai. Look at Io Shirai, who does the moonsault even better. Like, because she does it with grace. And it's so picture perfect. Like, that's the best way I could say it. And, but Charlotte, she pinned Bailey with the natural selection. And pretty much... If champion, if challenger pins champion to get that momentum for the go home show, it likely means that they will be losing at um at a clash of champions at said pay per view. Now we had a really good match between Rey Mysterio and Grand Metalik. Now I honestly think Grand Metalik might be leaving. I think he's gonna be leaving. And. I I thoroughly believe that. I really believe that. I think he's going to be leaving uh, WWE. But this was a really good match. A really, really good match. And something... And have someone work Mysterio style, to be exact. And his entrance attire reminds me of... Now, you may watch Power Rangers, which I do. But I watch their Japanese... Count, I watch the Originators, Super Sentai... Have you, you ever watched uh, Gokai and you have Gokai Silver Gold Mode? That's what it looks like. All the mask and his attire, that is awesome. That's absolutely awesome. But Rey Mysterio, he gets to win. And uh, speaking of Dominic, I did see him train, train, and he did a nice standing moonsault, which I'm like, hmm, this guy's going to have big potential. And I, I guarantee WWE's doing everything to make Rey Mysterio happy. To prevent him from going to AEW. That's just me. That's just me. We had the semifinals match. This was... Uh, I was iffy about I thought this was uh, okay. But we had Baron Corbin. He defeated Ricochet. And Le- I'm about to say Lacey Evans. <laughs> he, defeated Bar- he defeated Samoa Joe. Who took the pin. After Ricochet hit the recoil into the 630 on the top. And... Baron Corbin just stole the victory, and he will be advancing to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. We then had Lacey Evans versus Natalya. Who the fuck cares? I did not care about this match whatsoever. And Natalya wins. Typical 50-50 booking. I I did not care. What are they fighting for? I I don't know what. I seriously don't know what. We had Firefly Funhouse, which I always enjoy, and it's one of the best things about WWE. And they and there was an interesting theory on that episode called um, um, what I call Stranger Danger. So on this week's episode of Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse, his upcoming match at Hell in a Cell pay-per-view was addressed. Why will face either Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins or who knows, maybe both, for the Universal Championship? Let's see. Another thing that fans are talking about 
was the clock that was struck on 11-19. Several readers have come up with uh, interesting theories. Although WWE says The Undertaker made his debut on uh, November 22nd in 1990 at the Survivor Series pay-per-view. He actually debuted three days earlier on November 19th at the WWF Superstars of Wrestling TV tapings that aired after the pay-per-view. One theory is perhaps that Wyatt will be going to target The Undertaker for a match either at Survivor Series or at a later date. <laughs> As you can tell, I am sweating. Sweating by this idea. I think this will be nice. And let's see. WWE seems to be doing going all the way with Wyatt. So a taker versus Wyatt feud with Wyatt winning in the end would be great for him. For what is worth, uh, November 19th falls on Tuesday. So it can't be related to something on SmackDown Live because the show will move on Friday. And that will make me change my ways of recording this show. Anyway, um... One theory, no, never mind, I read that part already. If this is all related to The Undertaker, then perhaps they can start the Wyatt Taker feud with the angle at Survivor Series and build to a match for WrestleMania 36. At WrestleMania 36. <laughs> whew, whew. Perhaps we'll know more in a few weeks after the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view or maybe as soon as tomorrow. Uh, maybe as soon as tomorrow, um, tomorrow, not tomorrow night on SmackDown, but we, we'll talk about that later, because this was something that I was hoping for when The Undertaker makes an appearance. Um, I, I think this is interesting. This is a really interesting theory. I could see it happening. The Fiend, like, The Fiend versus The Dead Man. The Fiend will definitely put The Dead Man to rest. That's what I see happening. And that gives Bray Wyatt a bigger um, stat as the, the next big thing in pro wrestling. So we had this 10-man tag team match. Talk about overexposure. We had um, the War Raiders. They, the War Raiders, Seth Rollins and Strowman and Cedric Alexander. They defeated Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and the OC when... Cedric Alexander hit a really, really nice lumbar check on AJ Styles to, uh, like, I I'm sorry, but AJ Styles makes anybody look good. Uh, <clears throat> but he made, like, he hit that lumbar check. That was a thing of beauty. And he pinned the United States champion, leading to the match that we're going to get at Clash of Champions. So Raw was, uh... Like, you guys thought it was a good show. Some people thought it was bad. Like, I saw people on Twitter complaining that one specific person about him being negative all the time. But it's just a guy who's honest about the, about the show. But honestly, this really was more of Steve Austin than it was building towards, building towards the uh, Clash of Champions pay-per-view, which you guys might not remember that is on... Uh, that is on a Sunday, this Sunday. And if you're happy about it, I mean, more power to you. But I thought this was just a mess show. SmackDown Live was in Madison Square Garden. And um, we have 17 votes right now. There's 0% thumbs up. 35% in the middle. 53% 
thumbs down. And 12% didn't watch. Wow, man. Wow, I don't even know what I could say about SmackDown. Because it was rewritten by, no surprise, Vince McMahon. Now, The Undertaker arrives. He started the show. I mean, nothing makes me happy than hearing that gong and seeing that entrance. It is just awesome. And we had him talk about his time, his career. And um, Sami Zayn shows up. And can we spell the can we spell buried like to the to the maximum degree? Because he is buried six feet under, and I think there's no recovering from that. And he told the Undertaker to leave, and which the Undertaker did. Like, I'm using my air quote, did, but he got back in the ring and he choke slammed Sami Zayn, and that's pretty much it. That's what they bought in The Undertaker for. And we had Shane McMahon. He, next scene, we had Shane McMahon. He talks to Chad Gable, tells him that Elias is injured, and and Chad Gable's like, well, I get a first round buy. I get a buy in this, um, this tournament. And Shane's like, no, 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 no. We're going to find a replacement. And that replacement was none other than Shane McMahon himself. Like, let me get this straight. You had Ali, you had Buddy Murphy, you had Andrade, Ricochet, McIntyre, all those names, Ricochet, Samoa Joe, just to name a few, and Shane McMahon as himself, and it's not because... And you want to know whose idea was it? It was Vince McMahon's idea. <laughs> Give me a break. And I literally said, are you fucking kidding me? Why this? But you'll know why at the end. We had The Miz versus Andrade Cien Almas. Shinsuke Nakamura was on commentary. I'm sorry. I- I'm not a fan of Babyface Miz. It is so fucking bland. It is so fucking bland. I, I just don't care about it. I really, really don't care about Babyface Miz. And I think the reason why is because he's on that USA Network with his reality show. But he beat Andrade, and that really stung me in the heart. But Nakamura laid him out at the end. We had this terrible, terrible promo from Mandy Rose about I'm beautiful and Nikki Cross is ugly. Whoever wrote this promo, and I thought WWE was going to have their talent do, like, cut their own promos without being scripted. But we're still seeing that. And you had Mandy Rose said, look, Nikki Cross is ugly. I'm beautiful. Um, I don't know who the fuck thought this was a good idea. And I can't even tell who's a fucking babyface in this match. So technically, Alexa Bliss... And Nikki Cross are baby faces. <sighs> These tag titles are an absolute joke. And that's what they are. That's what they are. I don't even know what the fuck they're going to do with those tag titles. Nikki Cross, she pinned Mandy Rose to get momentum for the team. I, I don't care. I just don't give a shit. I, I really don't care. I'm sorry. This is just going too long. I, I don't care. 
Anyway, we had Heavy Machinery. They defeated Han Silver and Alex Reynolds, the Beaver Boys, who I've seen in Evolve. These guys are absolutely phenomenal, and hopefully I see them more in Evolve. But Heavy Machinery, they showcase why they're still... Like, why they're a good tag team, even though they faced off against the New Day and Daniel Bryan and Rowan. So, that's my take on that. We had a brawl between Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan, who got new theme music, which is pretty catchy, but at the same time, I don't know what they're doing with Eric Rowan. I really don't know what they're doing with Eric Rowan. Why is this match even taking place at Clash of Champions is the better question. Is it because they want to get Roman Reigns on the card? Probably that's why. I, I don't know. But the brawl, I thought was really was really good. I thought it was okay for what it was. We had Bailey beating Ember Moon just to give her some momentum going into her match with Charlotte Flair. We had Kofi. They had Kofi and Randy re, reenact what they did 10 years ago. But I love the promo Randy Orton did. And he did say bullshit, which was bleeped out. I don't know why. I would rather not have it be bleeped out. Not fake a Jamaican act. Like he said, I've been um, a WWE champion. I've won the Royal Rumble twice. I didn't have to fake a Jamaican accent or do this power of positivity bullshit. And the crowd basically erupted. At, at this point, I'm like, Randy needs to win this title. He needs to win this title. So we had Gable, he defeated Shane McMahon in a two out of three falls match. And Shane, out of frustration, attacks KO, and he fires him. And this prompted KO to tweet numerical numbers that spelled out NXT, if you do the alphabets. And we might be seeing Kevin Owens back on NXT, who knows. And I hope they don't do nothing stupid, like you you gotta fight for your job, you gotta fight... To get your job back. Because that would be the most cliche storyline. That WWE will ever do. But uh, I hope to God. That's not the case. Do something intriguing. You got something intriguing right there. But you fired him. And the crowd was chanting AEW. So what do I know? Speaking of NXT. Let's talk about that. We had a really decent show. for For the last one hour tapings. For NXT as they move on to the next chapter. As they move to the USA Network. So I think this is like their little hurrah right here. So we started things off with Damian Priest. Who his entrance is just fucking awesome. I love the theme. The entrance is just so great. And he's been stacking up wins. WWE actually. Well NXT actually making wins and losses feel important. That they've done for a long long time. Who would have thought? Now, we had... He defeated Boa in this match, which was pretty much a showcase for uh, Damian Priest. We had a video package hyping up the NXT North American Championship match for the USA Network, which I can't wait to see. Undisputed Era will be draped in gold, baby. And can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? Like, I'm throwing this scenario out... Can you imagine that, um, can you imagine Kevin Owens helping Roderick Strong win the NXT North American Championship? 
I think that would be an awesome move when you think about it. So we had Gargano. He talked about his future, where he where his future holds in w, in the NXT. And the crowd was literally chanting, please don't go. And I think Johnny Gargano knows that the main roster sucks. And he would rather stay on NXT because he would rather be there for life. So how come Shane Thorne, he's like, NXT would be better off without you. And why don't you just pack your things and get the hell out of NXT? And Gargano's like, newsflash, Shane Thorne. I'm staying with NXT. And he super kicks him. And that's the end of the uh, segment. Pete Dunne versus Angel Garza. I thought this was an awesome match. Angel Garza is going to be a major player in NXT. He has that it factor, and I don't want them to fuck this up. And besides, you may think, oh, he's just a jobber. No, he's not. He has that. He oozes with charisma, and I think he has that potential to be the next big thing for NXT. And depending what happens with 205 Live, which I'll talk about later, I think this is going to be great. But Pete Dunne, he managed to beat him, which I got news on. He defeated Angel Garza. We had Cameron Grimes. He got a chance to showcase his character against Raul Mendoza. He beats uh, Raul Mendoza in a, in a nice match. Now, Candice stormed into Regal's office, complaining why EO's getting opportunities after what she did to her. And... She's now added to the number one contenders match in a fatal four-way. And now that's got me thinking, well, it can't be Bianca because she still has to work her way back. My only two question is, is either Io Shirai or Candice LeRae. Honestly, if you do a heel versus heel, I mean, it's not going to sell that much, but I could see WWE possibly adding Io Shirai to make it a a three-way or four-way or something like that. And, or some might involve Rhea Ripley, which I'll talk about later. But I think Candice LeRae will be the one. Or Dakota Kai. It could be Dakota Kai, because Shayna Baszler is currently in her 300-day reign as champion with her combined reigns. So she's on that 300 territory. We thought she was at 400. I did research. I'm like, damn, it's only at 300? Shit. But I could see Candice LeRae winning it, or I could see Io Shirai winning it, because Io Shirai, Io Shirai is absolutely white hot in the NXT women's division. And we got a new signing on the, in the women's division, which I'll talk about later on. So in the main event, no, we had a vignette for Dakota Kai making her return. I miss my little team of Captain Kick, and I'm really happy that she is back. I, and the women's divisions just got even stronger. Right now. <clears throat> so we had Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley. The match ended in a disqualification because Rhea hit Shayna in the back with a chair. And I think her title reign is starting to fizzle out. That's my take on it. But honestly, I don't know if this is a one-off appearance for Rhea Ripley. But I think if she stays, and I've mentioned this on Twitter, you're looking at a strong women's division right there. You're looking at a really strong women's division. And I think this could play out pretty damn well. Now, let's talk about the news. Now, the reason why they're going to do the first hour on the USA Network and NXT on the WWE Network, the second hour being there, is because it's quite simple. Brian Alvarez said it best. 
I think it suits. Apparently, they're going to finish off two episodes of that show, and that's why the first two episodes of the NXT on the USA Network are only one hour, with the second hour being on the WWE Network. And that's a good reason. That's a good reason. And then on October 2nd, that's when they start the two-hour format. Now, Triple H, he gives his thoughts on the Wednesday Night War. Um, he's... He was on Pat McAfee's show, and this is what he said. This is what Triple H said about the Wednesday Night War. You know, the war thing gets bought up a lot, and competition is great. If they're coming on Wednesday nights, they're putting on the best shows that they can. Great. That's where we are. We've been on Wednesday nights, like you said, for five years. We're in a discussion of various networks about having NXT and growing it, now the now's the right time. So if Wednesday's the place, then people can say war. They can't they can say not war. I don't see it that way. I just see it as putting on the best show possible. That is the best response you have to say about the Wednesday night wars. Just support what you're doing. Let the other guys do what they're doing. I'm just happy for NXT that they're on that USA network. This is Triple H's baby. I don't want Vince McMahon to be hands-on, like I said. But, like, Triple H is addressing it in a very positive way. Unlike other people, um, Seth, uh, Seth Rollins, <coughs> Roman Reigns. Just throwing it out there. Because I honestly think Triple H knows, he knows about this uh, whole war thing that he doesn't like a war. He wants to focus on his brand, and that's it. That's what I see in it. And moving along... Now, NXT TakeOver is missing from the 2020 WWE Royal Rumble travel packages. Uh, WWE will be holding the 2020 edition of their Royal Rumble event in Houston, Texas on January 26th. This might seem a, like a long time off, but it's never too early to make travel plans. WWE travel packages for the 2020 Royal Rumble go on sale on September 12th. But they seem to only include tickets on the Royal Rumble and Worlds Collide event, Collide events, without any mention of of other wrestling shows. The official travel website lot lists the order uh, event in the package. Also, there's a typo on the site where it says 2019. We have double checked, and it just seems to be an error, and will probably be corrected soon enough. And they actually talked about this WWE commented on the uh on the takeover changing the takeover schedule but there it's a possibility that they're changing the takeover schedule and PW Insider noted that this situation could result in an overall reshaping of NXT's takeover schedule <clears throat> as to what this means for takeover this is what they said and I quote as to what this means for NXT TakeOver specials, one would think it means WWE is looking at changing changes to the schedule, whether that means running them on a standalone weekend or alternating with the World's Collide special or some other plan remains to be seen, unquote. Or, this is just me adding to it, that WWE is using NXT TakeOver as a way to combat AEW when they go do their pay-per-views. Probably that's why. And they're going to risk ruining ruining the integrity of TakeOver just to do petty shit like this. That's what I'm thinking. 
That's what I think. Now, WWE, they commented on changing the NXT TakeOver schedule. Um, and again, PW Insta. Um, <clears throat> WWE's going through some big changes in the next year, and that seems to include TakeOver specials. NXT TakeOver specials usually come a day before the pay-per-view events. That appears to be changing in 2020 because the Royal Rumble pay-per-view has no TakeOver event before it. Instead, there's a Worlds Collide special. PW reports that WWE has commented on their decision to move away from TakeOver events in this way. They will still be holding NXT TakeOver specials, but dates for those events will be available shortly. They said that event will be Worlds Collide. The schedule of the 2020 NXT TakeOver events will be out in the near future. If it's not before WrestleMania, then you know, you know for a fact that they're trying to do this to combat AEW. And this is not a Triple H call. This is a Vince McMahon call. <laughs> Just so he could get his petty war up his dumbass. Now, I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case. I hope they don't ruin the integrity of NXT TakeOver. And speaking of which, <clears throat> the, speaking of takeovers, they're set to be bigger after the USA move. Now, during the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer explained that WWE's that NXT move to the USA Network will likely mean a lot of extra attention is coming to the brand. This could very well translate into creating a much bigger takeover special. And he said, and I quote, "You know, takeovers will be bigger because." of uh, the two hours on TV and you know they're going to be promoted on television on USA rather than on the WWE Network. There's probably 1.2 million homes that get WWE um, <clears throat> that get the USA Network. Um, so in theory, the interest in these takeover shows should be multiplied many times over. So it should be as far as interest level. Unquote. So it could be very different. I hope things are going well. And I think this will be the best case scenario if um they're trying to uh if they're trying to um get it to a much bigger audience. I can already imagine NXT takeover in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Super Superdome that fits like 60 to 70,000 people. About 60,000 people. <laughs> I can imagine that crowd being huge. I think this is going to be great. And something that I love NXT for, some NXT superstars have no desire of moving to the main roster. While speaking of sporting news, Mojo Rawley revealed that he knows for a fact that there are NXT superstars who want nothing to do with the main roster call-up. Of course, the decision isn't really up to them. This is what he said. They are as unique as it comes, and that's why they've been upgraded to this platform. Then NXT was essentially a stepping stone, an opportunity to showcase what you got with the only goal to get to the main roster. Now these guys on NXT that have no desire to move to Raw or SmackDown because a lot of people don't consider a move to Raw or SmackDown a vertical move anymore. A lot of people now consider it a horizontal move. Now, the WWE main roster does offer a lot of opportunities, <coughs> offers a lot of opportunities for the same people that we see every single week. But honestly, honestly, I, if I'm with, if I'm in NXT, I'm like, I'm staying here, man. 
I love NXT. It's really easy. I, I don't need to uh worry about going to the main roster. I like where I'm at. This is the best position for me. So good on those guys on NXT because you don't need the main roster to be successful. You don't need the main roster to be successful. Now, speaking of NXT again, Triple H, he was recently interviewed with uh, Yahoo Sports, and he talked about a great depth for NXT move to the USA Network. This was a long-term goal that is finally being realized. Now NXT will be much lo- will be on a much larger channel. With the subject of the competition being bought up, Triple H said that they're going to continue putting on the best show that they possibly can. In the meantime, the real winners will be the fans who get to enjoy it as they continue as they continue to raise the bar. <clears throat> this is what Triple H has said, and I quote, For me, it's about putting on the putting on the best show we possibly can, whether we had competition or not. The winner, I think, is fans. Competition brings out the best in people, and I think that's what will happen here. For me, the competition is with ourselves to constantly raise the bar to be something better. And I don't just mean in ring. I mean for the business in general, to be leaders. It's something I challenge everyone at the PC to do every day. Create a business where the way they, the way we want it to be. When we say we are the future, that's what I mean. Now, to him, WWE created their own alternative throughout through his work with NXT. Triple H continued talking about how an alternative already existed in this NXT. And I basically agree with him when, it's, when it comes to WWE. If you talk about the upstart, what they're going out and saying is that they're an alternative. We were that alternative five years ago. We opened the door for being an alternative. We opened the door to show people that it can be done on a bigger level and on a different basis. As far as being the alternative, great. Go put on the best show you can. Go on, like, go put on the best show you can put out, and we'll put out the best one we can. We can put out. And like I said, you gotta love the mindset of Triple H here because he knows his shit. He really knows his shit. He knows what's wrong with Raw and SmackDown. But he's using NXT as an example on how you can book the show. And moving on, Kathy Kelly, she begged WWE to be sent back to NXT. I love me some Kathy Kelly. I think she's really nice. Really, really nice. When speaking of the Fightful, Kathy Kelly revealed that she actually begged to Beg to get sent back to NXT. This could be a sign of how much people love it there. Now, they <clears throat> she said, A lot of people don't know I actually fought to go back to NXT. I love NXT so much. I think it's absolute magic. I used to say that it's the best show, not on television. So, I have to change that line. It's, it's really spe- It really is so special. All the superstars there are chomping at the bit to get any sort of TV time, and it shows how passionate they are. And good on Kathy Kelly, man. Good on Kathy Kelly. And I think this is a great move for her part right there. Now, moving along, 
a possible surprise return for the NXT debut on the USA Network. Now, Fightful, they reported that although Ciampa's initial return prognosis was listed from last month, that has changed. November Now, his return date is slated for September 11th, which, which was uh, two days ago. Or if you're listening to it Saturday, three days ago. Now, they said initial listings originally had Tommaso Ciampa listed in the mid-August and now pegged him on 9-11. And if Ciampa returns, oh boy, expect that pop in full sale. Expect that huge pop in that full sale. It's going to be a big explosion when he makes his return. And honestly, he's taking the title off of Adam Cole. Just throwing that out there. Now, what are the plans for Pete Dunne and Tony Storm? Now, PW Insider, they reported that that Dunne is in the process of moving to the United States. That means he will very likely be showing up on NXT television much more often. They said, and I quote, Pete Dunne is in the process of moving to the United States full-time, so expect him to be a big part of WWE NXT going forward. Now, fans... I think this is going to be great. You got to bring your best guy in Pete Dunne, and he's going to be a major player. <laughs> Hashtag future NXT champion. Hashtag future NXT North American champion. I think Pete Dunne's going to be a major, major player. And he's not the only one. He's not the only one. Tony Storm is possibly moving to NXT. Now, there's really nothing else for Tony Storm to do on NXT UK after she lost the title to Kaylee Ray. Um, PW Insider, they reported that WWE's heavily leaning towards keeping her on NXT from this point onward. And they said there's been a lot of talk in the last week that Tony Storm will be featured more in NXT going forward as opposed to NXT UK. And like I said, if Rhea Ripley stays and you get Tony Storm added, you're looking at a pretty damn good women's division. You got Santana Garrett, you got Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Jaya Lee, and the returning Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Mia Yim, Shayna Baszler, uh, Candice LeRae. And I'm looking at these names, I'm like, damn, their women's division is, is absolutely amazing. And you could add one more to this list. And... Before I talk about 205 Live, because there is news coming out of that, um, Square Circle Siren, they reported on their Patreon that WWE has signed Australian independent wrestler Indy Hartwell to a development contract with the company and and will be reporting to the PC in Orlando, Florida next month. Now, I've, I've, no, I've heard about her when she uh, wrestled in, uh, sh- in uh, Shimmer 113, I think it was in that six-man, ta- six-woman tag team match, if I'm correct, involving um, the Sea Stars and Chris Wolf. Like they were facing Sea Stars and Chris Wolf, and that's what I think. And I think this is a huge deal. I think this is a huge deal. The 22-year-old is from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and she made a debut back in 2016 after training at the Professional Championship Wrestling Academy and has had quite the impressive career thus far, becoming one of the top females in the Australian wrestling scene. Now, outside of wrestling for promotions such as Melbourne Sit uh, Wrestling, Professional Championship Wrestling, Newcastle Pro Wrestling, 
Pro Wrestling in Australia, and Riot City Wrestling, to name a few. Hartwell has wrestled for a plethora of promotions in North America, such as Shimmer, Rise, and Battle Club Pro. And she's no stranger to holding some gold, having won several titles such as the BCW Women's Championship, the Newly Pro Women's Championship, the RCW Women's Championship, and the WSW Women's Championship. So this is a really great signing. I can't wait to see what she brings to the table. And like, (laughs) I think I forgot to mention, you got her now, and you got Santana Garrett. And we might, I don't know, they might announce, uh, I don't know if they're going to announce the Mae Young Classic, whether it's this year or next year or something, but it looks pretty intriguing when you think about it. It looks pretty intriguing. <clears throat> now, let's talk about 205 Live. I did watch the show because I wanted to know who Jack Gallagher's mystery partner was, and it turned out to be Kushida. And now, I was happy that Kushida was on 205 Live, but the thing that really grinded my gear a little bit was that nobody didn't react. Nobody didn't react. And and by the way, the commentating team was changed. If you remember Dio Dio Madden from NXT, he's going to be doing commentary on that show. You know, the Sultan of Sit, he's going to be on that show. But Jack Gallagher and Kushida, they defeated Brian Kendrick and uh, Akira Tozawa. We had the main event, which was Lince Dorado, Grand Metalik, and Humberto Carrillo. They defeated Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, and Arya Davari. And um, in a, um, a match, that's all I could say. But the thing that got me was the crowd just did not care. Like, they were chanting for a baby that a father was holding up in the air. And it pretty much took away the importance of that match. And I think that's my problem with that. Now, speaking of which, 205 Live. The cancellation is seemingly confirmed. Um, <clears throat> Newsweek spoke to Triple H where he went into depth about how 205 Live fits into WWE's overall plan. He calls them an island and admits that they have been lost in a limbo. Then he says that fans should expect them should expect to see it move towards the NXT banner, which I hope is a great move because, I mean, I would rather put them in a crowd that actually gives a shit instead of put them in, in putting them in a half-ass arena that doesn't give a shit about these guys. Now this is what he said: you you start to see two hundred five begin to, I think it's always existed in an island onto itself a little bit and has become lost in in this limbo. And look, he admits that it it didn't go that well. You'll begin to see it move more towards the NXT banner and the talent there. We got a lot of great talent from for them to begin to compete, either open against anyone or in the Cruiserweight division. But have that title sit around under the NXT band brand more uh, meaningful. It creates more opportunities for more pre- people. As for Raw and SmackDown, it's op- it's an open division for them. When you when you're on both shows, everybody is competing against everybody. But uh, like I hope, like like I said, I'm hoping that they move this shit to uh full sale and put it in front of a crowd that actually cares. And if you want, if you want. You could either do your show there and have that be the thing for WWE on the WWE Network or just 
get rid of 205 Live together and just merge it with NXT. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Mix it up with NXT and NXT UK. That would be the smart thing to do. That would be the absolute smart thing to do. Now let's talk about NXT UK for a bit. Uh, Fabian Eicher and Marcel Bartel, they defeated some jobbers to get some momentum. Imperium's been on the roll. They're about to build NXT in their image. We had Jordan Devlin defeating Ashton Smith, and it was an okay match. But what I was really excited for was the return of Tegan Knox, and that ovation she got. My goodness, man. I couldn't be more than happy to see Tegan Knox make her return to uh, NXT UK, and she defeated Shaxx in a matter of 30 seconds, and that Shining Wizard is just a thing of beauty. And looks like we might be into a, a program involving Tegan Knox and Kaylee Ray. Because Kaylee Ray is upset that everyone's talking about Tegan Knox making her return and not talking about her win against Tony Storm at TakeOver Cardiff. So I, I like this. I think that this has the potential to be a really great feud if it's done right. But you got to let Kaylee Ray get some uh, wins as champion, let her get some retentions. For that championship belt. Because Tony Storm made that belt feel important. Hopefully Kaylee Ray could do the same. We had Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Defeating Grizzle Young Vets to retain their NXT UK Tag Team Championships. In a really good match. And there's even talks of WWE considering a secondary title. Now Belt Fan Dan who has been on the money about several insider belt stories, revealed that NXT UK is considering a mid-card title after all. Walter is a pretty tough opponent on top with the WWE United Kingdom Championship. At this point, it is said that WWE is considering the names the European or the Eurocontinental. Ooh, I absolutely like that. The NXT UK Eurocontinental Championship. I am okay with that. I think this is a great name. That is a great name for their new title. Now, we don't know what the design will look like, but knowing NXT, they're going to hit it out the park, and I think it's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to be very, very good. Now, to close out the show, we are going to do our preview and predictions for Clash of Champions. In case you guys noticed, Clash of Champions is uh, this Sunday, in case you might have forgotten. Um... Well, 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 um, how can I put this, man? I, I'm just not, I'm really not that excited for this pay-per-view. And the build has been absolutely terrible. It's been absolutely terrible. Like, yes, there's some nice spots here and there, but I just, I just can't find myself to care. Like, this was probably the laziest build for a pay-per-view that I've ever seen. Now, this will take place, the show will take place in uh, the Spectrum Sh Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Flair's country is what I call it, but we have 11 matches on this card. Originally, it was going to be 12 because the King of the Ring tournament was going to take place there, and I forgot to mention this, but they moved it to Monday Night Raw. But if you want my quick predictions, I honestly want Chad Gable to win, but I think it's going to be Baron Corbin. They're going to give it to Corbin because that's what Vince McMahon wants. And if they could recreate they, that spot that they did on NXT, I would be that would be awesome. That would absolutely be awesome. <clears throat> but we have 11 matches on this card. Let's just get to the one that's 
that doesn't have a title match. We're going to start off with Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan in a no disqualification match. I just don't give a shit about this. I really don't give a shit about this. WWE had something interesting going into this pay-per-view, going into the storyline with Roman Reigns, who attacked Roman. And they completely went up, up, up. And then it went downhill very fast. I lost interest with a snap of a finger. With a snap of a finger. I, I don't give a shit about this match. And if Eric Rowan loses, where does he go from here? Where does he go from here? But I'm going with Roman Reigns. I'm going with Roman Reigns. I think he's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to beat... Um. Eric Rowan, I don't know how they're going to follow it up. They're probably just going to drop it dead like that. So, starting off with the first championship match, we have um, we have the Cruiserweight title on the line. We got Humberto Carrillo versus Lince Dorado versus Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight championship. This, I think this should be a really good match if they play the cards right. And hopefully this is... Um, Hopefully this is um a really good showcase because I think like there's two sides I could see they're building up Humberto Carrillo for uh to be the guy that takes the title off of uh Drew Gulak or number two they might have Kushida do it I don't know but I just think WWE doesn't know what they're doing with Kushida and that's another thing that irks me as well but honestly honestly. Lince Dorado, he's getting his title shot. He hasn't got one since uh, the Cruiserweight division started. And I honestly believe that he's just there to take the pin. He's there to take the pin. And I think Drew Gulak's going to retain here. He's going to retain. And they're probably going to move on to uh, Humberto versus uh, Drew in a one-on-one -on -one match. Possibly on a full-sale crowd that actually cares. Moving on, we have... Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending their women's tag team titles against, uh, might as well start with the women because you gotta be a gentleman. Ladies first. Versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are fire and desire is what they're calling themselves. I, I just don't care about this. I really don't care about this. And that last minute storyline that they're trying to tell, you did not even sell me into that as well. At all, and I can't even tell who's the face or a heel. And it looks, and like I said, it looks like Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are baby faces, and I'm not buying into it. This is definitely going to lead to them dropping the belts pretty soon. To who? I don't even fucking know. Because if you beat Fire and Desire, who the fuck else do you have? Unless you're bringing them to NXT, which I would rather have Oscar and Kyrie go back to NXT. That bit, that is something that I think people will want to see. At this point, and I've read that the betting odds are still saying that Oscar and Kyrie are still the favorites to be the next women's tag team champions. I won't believe it until I see it. And I'm just, and I don't see Mandy and Sonya winning. It's pretty much challenger beats champion. They get opportunity as said title, and they're going to lose. They're going to lose. I'm going with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to retain. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. They got to take, they got to do something with these titles. They got to retire these titles because they clearly don't know what the fuck they're doing. They clearly don't know what they're doing. And I'm sorry. 
And this is the God honest truth. At this point, I want Oscar and Kyrie to win the titles just to send them back to NXT. That's how bad I want it. Because they have been misused like I don't know what. <sighs> moving along. Moving along. We have Charlotte's home homeboy. I'm about to... I said ladies first because I was going to do the U.S. title next. But let's do the Raw Women's title next. We have Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. I... Look, I love Becky Lynch. So... I, I really love Becky Lynch. But I honestly think that her time as champion has run its course. And I would not be surprised if Becky retains. But I'm going to go with Sasha Banks. I think she's going to become the new Raw Women's Champion. Or I could have I could see it this way. Either Sasha wins the title up front or she wins via disqualification. And Becky keeps her title. So they can continue this feud going forward. But I'm going with Sasha Banks. I think she's going to win here. Out of those two choices, I think she might win the title. Because what's left for Becky as champion? Nobody. Nobody. And I will just have Sasha Banks be the one to take that uh, women's title right now. That's just me. Um, Moving along, we have... Homegirl, Charlotte Flair, taking on Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a toss-up here. This is like juggling here. The amount of reaction Bayley has been getting is at that point, it's like, she has to drop the title because not only that, you're going to Fox and you're going to need a bigger name. And what bigger name is Charlotte Flair? I think Charlotte Flair... Might win the title, but at the same time, they might give it to Bailey just to just to uh, continue this supposed feud. But I'm gonna stick with my gut here. I'm going with Charlotte Flair, and she's gonna get that 10 title run. Which honestly, it doesn't matter how much, how many reign, how many title reigns you have. It's about how you're presented and how the champion is being presented. The title itself should be presented with some prestige. Just. Throwing it out there. But I'm going with Charlotte Flair. She's going to become a 10-time women's champion. And I would not be surprised if Bayley retains. From one hometown hero to another, we got Cedric Alexander, who was born, like for those who don't do their history, was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I guarantee he's going to get a big pop. Versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. I am going with AJ Styles. I don't think is the right time for Cedric Alexander. And I honestly believe Cedric is going to do great. I really do. Cedric, in my honest opinion, he has that it factor to be the next big thing. But it's the slow and steady. Slow and steady wins the race. And I'm definitely going with AJ Styles. Due to interferences from the OC, I think the OC is going to get involved and then possibly the War Raiders make the save. They brawl out of the ring, but AJ somehow retains. And I think this should be a decent match for what it is if they play their cards right. For the other mid-card title, we have The Miz versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm sorry, but I just don't care. I really don't care about this match. 
And the IC title should be built on prestige, right? And they put on, like, when you think of the Intercontinental Champion of the current of the current era, you think of 2016 when The Miz was putting on great matches with Dolph Ziggler when he was a heel. And heel Miz is the best Miz. Now, Nakamura, he only defended the title at Smackville on a house show on the WWE Network against Ali. And they were supposed to have this match at um, Clash of Champions, but that got dropped. And now he's going to be facing The Miz, who just who lost to Baron Corbin in New Orleans in the first round match of the King of the Ring tournament. I know WWE, I know they're probably going to, they're possibly thinking on giving the belt to The Miz because they want to tie Chris Jericho's record and they're doing this out of pure pettiness. Yeah, let's sacrifice Shinsuke Nakamura, who I honestly know for a fact is great at what he does, and they're not showing that to tie uh to tie Chris Jericho's record because he's having a little bit of the bubbly with AEW. But I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case because I don't like baby face miss. I'm I'm going with Shinsuke Nakamura. I think he's gonna retain the uh he's gonna retain the Intercontinental Championship. Moving on from the mid-card titles, let's move from the tag titles, even though I did the women's already. We're going to start off with the SmackDown Tag Team titles, the New Day of Big E and Xavier Woods versus The Revival. Well, And I, I think this should be good. I honestly think this should be good. I don't want no, no bullshit. Just go out there and prove what tag team wrestling is all about. That way you won't have to hear me compare you guys about AEW. But, by the way, I love this faction between The Revival and Randy Orton. And I think this feud is going to continue in Hell in a Cell. And I think the New Day, they're going to retain. I honestly think they're going to retain the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And we might have The Revival possibly move to SmackDown, but you're leaving a big gaping hole for the next big heel for the uh, Raw Tag Team division. I don't know, man. You got some tag teams that you could be utilizing, but you refuse to do that. I'm going with the New Day. I think they're going to retain here. For the Raw Tag Team titles, we have Robert Rudolph. We have the team of Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode Rudolph um, versus uh, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman for the Raw Tag Team titles. Two makeshift teams fighting for a tag titles, and I expect Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins to have miscalculations leading towards their match, which I'll talk about next. Uh, I am going with um, I'm going with Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I think they're going to win the Raw Tag Team Titles, and that leads us to Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Title. I just don't care. I really don't. I really don't. And at this point, I honestly hope that this doesn't last long. And me, I'm hoping that Bray Wyatt does something to save me from this insanity. Let me in, man. Let me in. If it were up to me, I would keep it on Seth Rollins because I just don't care about Braun Strowman. I really don't. And I'm being completely honest. I mean, you could respectfully disagree with me with that statement, but... 
I just don't find nothing interesting about Braun Strowman anymore. I really don't. In this match, I just don't even care about. I can see two things. Seth Rollins retain or it ends in a double... Uh, it ends in a no contest because Bray Wyatt attacked both men and it leads to a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view between the three men in which Bray Wyatt wins. So I am going with Seth Rollins. I think he's going to retain here. Finally, we have the WWE Championship on the line. Kofi Kingston defends his title against Randy Orton. Now, I can see two things happening here. Number one, I can see Kofi retaining and he drops it to Brock Lesnar. Just so they could get that big boost in rating. Or B, they give it to a guy like Randy Orton, who honestly needs to take the title off of Kofi Kingston because I think, like, the ship has sailed. And I mean that in a respectful way. But it's an, like Kofi, he had a nice reign as champion, but there's really nothing else. Like, a win over Randy Orton would be a nice caliber to his resume as WWE champion. But I could see where people are going with Kofi retaining and dropping it to Brock Lesnar. I hope that's not the case, but knowing WWE, they're going to do that. But I'm going with Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton needs this win. Um, Randy Orton has been... I, I, I just think Randy Orton's the perfect guy to carry that WWE title to Fox. And I'm not saying that because I don't like Kofi Kingston. I'm saying it because I think... I honestly think you need a bigger name like Randy who could carry that uh, title to uh, to their Fox debut. And I think that's where they're going with. So I think Randy Orton is going to be the guy to take the title off of, Corn- off of Kofi Kingston. If not, I'm going with Brock Lesnar to be the guy. And I could literally see it happening. I could literally see it happening. So that's my predictions for Clash of Champions. I'm getting the hell out of here. Uh, I am extremely tired right now. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Like the Facebook page. Continue to support my podcast. Share it with your friends. And it really would help. I would really appreciate it if if you do that for me. I really would because I like to hear what other people have to say about my podcast. Whether you like what I say or not. I just want to grow as a as a podcaster. But I'm getting out of here. Until then, take care, be safe, and all you got to do is support wrestling. I'll talk to you later, and have a great day.